Hi everyone, it's Mr. Paris, and welcome back. In part one of this episode, we covered the challenge of natural hazards. Please do listen to that episode if you haven't already. If only for the introduction, where I outline how this series works and what equipment you're going to need in front of you as you listen. Here's a quick summary anyway. In this series, I hope to give you an insight into how to successfully tackle exam papers, including how to break down questions, plan responses, and write excellent answers. This isn't necessarily about completing the exam together, although you can, of course, pause the episode and attempt every question after I've gone over it or before. I won't be giving you the answers. Instead, I'm going to discuss exam technique. And finally, you might find it easier if you have this exam printed in front of you, as well as some pens and highlighters. This episode, I will cover the June 2018 paper one. This is part two. So I will cover the living world section. Part one covered the challenge of natural hazards and part three finishes up with coastal landscapes and river landscapes. So with pens and highlighters at the ready, let's start. Question 2.1 is a multiple choice question which refers to a figure. It asks which of the following statements is true. You choose one after having closely studied the figure. My advice here is, as with all multiple choice questions, to work through a process of elimination. Read the question, but then immediately start reading the statements. Start with A. Is A correct? If you think it is, then place a small tick next to it. You've not come to a final decision yet. You're only on A. Then do B, C and D, respectively. You should be left with one statement only, which you've ticked because you've checked and the other ones are obviously wrong. For example, there's clearly a greater area of hot desert in the Northern Hemisphere than in the Southern Hemisphere, so A has to be wrong. You make your choice and you can now shade in the oval you think is the correct answer. Question 2.2 asks you to outline one reason for the distribution of tropical rainforests. It's worth two marks, an indicator that you have to say more than one thing and that you may need to write two sentences. After all, you have around two minutes to complete this question, so don't be over concise and only use a few words as you may fail to pick up marks if you do. The trick is to follow the simple point and explain method. Make a point about which types of areas tropical rainforests are found in and then develop this by explaining why that's the case. A little content hint here. This has to do with the climate of these areas, so do refer to that. Question 2.3 is another multiple choice question. Again, you're asked to look at a figure. This time, it's a graph. And this time, you're asked to find the global ecosystem that is more likely, most likely, rather, to have the temperature and precipitation pattern shown in the climate graph. If you've never seen a climate graph, which I think is unlikely, don't worry, it's very clearly labelled for you. And this is the clincher. For this and all graph-based questions, look very, very carefully at the labels and axes. When you go through your process of elimination, which I advise for all multiple choice questions, the answer should become quite obvious. Moving on to question 2.4. Question 2.4 is a graph skills question. By this point in your GCSEs, you will have come across many graphs in geography, in science, in maths, and in other subjects. So this should be relatively okay. Focus on the key word here, minimum. And again, Keep an eye on the scales. Question 2.5 is a give question. You need to simply state a reason. So give one reason why polar regions have low temperatures throughout the year and then move on. 
Like I said, in this series, I'm not going to be covering the content. So you'll have to figure this one out by yourself. But I'm sure that you know. Question 2.6 is a six marker. As with all questions worth four or more marks, let's begin by using the bug technique first. Using figure eight and your own understanding, explain how development in tropical rainforests creates economic advantages, but at a cost to the environment. Box the command word first, that's the B. And that would be explain. Underline is the U, and go ahead and underline relevant keywords. For me, that would be development, rainforests, economic advantages, cost, and environment. So quite a few. Also remember that this is a figure question. So you'll want to refer to that at least once. Finally, the G stands for glance. Glance back at the question to ensure you've linked back to it often. My main bits of advice here are six mark questions mean that you need at least two fully developed points. So I suggest name a type of development in rainforest and try to cross over with the figure. So perhaps logging and mining, which are shown in the first photo and the second one respectively, and then explain how it creates economic advantages or leads to environmental damage. Then name another type of activity and do the exact same. With reference to the figure and maybe even reference to a case study, although you don't have to, you should be fine. I've mentioned this in previous episodes, but a quick word on what your own understanding means. Contrary to popular belief, it doesn't mean you have to include a case study, say of palm oil plantations in Malaysia, to demonstrate the economic advantages as well as the destructive environmental impacts. You could, if you thought it was relevant and it helped your answer, but your own understanding generally means your understanding of processes and concepts. So here it is your knowledge of how, and how is the operative word here, you need to be really, really clear on that. How development in rainforests lead to economic advantages and or environmental damage. Question 2.7 asks you to suggest how ecotourism can help in managing tropical rainforests sustainably. This is a figure question, so do refer to the figure directly and explicitly. That's really important. If you don't, you may not even pick up one mark, let alone two. My general advice for anything that is over one mark is to make a point and then develop that point. However, for this question, you could get away with two separate and undeveloped points. So study the figure carefully, remind yourself of what ecotourism is and what managing tropical rainforest sustainably means, and then link the figure to the act of managing and explain it. Question 2.8 asks you to either explain how international hardwood agreements or selective logging can encourage the sustainable management of tropical rainforests. The word or here is really important. Do not do both. You won't get double the amount of marks. You can only get two and it will be a simple waste of time. Here you should heed my advice from earlier. Use the point and develop method. State what hardwood agreements do or what selective logging is and then clearly explain how either of those things encourage sustainable management of tropical rainforests. Use the words of the question as a surefire way of making your answer focused. So for example, mid-sentence, and this ensures sustainable management by dot dot dot. Question 2.9 is the nine marker which ends this section. Using a case study, to what extent have opportunities for economic activity been developed in your chosen environment? As with all nine markers, it's not going to be easy without planning and thinking. So warm up your brain by first using bug. Just remember, as is the case with all of my episodes, do feel free to pause the episode right before I'm about to do something. 
so that you can have a go without my help and then check your work following my advice. I would recommend that approach as you'll improve much faster that way. So pause now and bug the question and see how you get on. So to what extent is the command word or phrase in this case? I would underline opportunities, economic activity and developed. You have some time for nine markers to plan and I would highly recommend that you do. Start simple, start by annotating. Next to the phrase case study, write down your example. It might be the Tar Desert, the Western Desert or any other which you've studied. A quick note here, I'm going to be covering hot deserts only, so apologies if you do cold environments, but I'm sure that 99% of what I will say will be applicable to both environments anyway. Now that you've recorded your case study, jot down some evidence of economic activity happening in your desert or evidence of it being restricted or constrained by certain challenges as evidence for a counter-argument. Write down facts, figures, dates and names which form AO1 so that you don't need to be rummaging for these in your mind halfway through your answer. For example, roughly 19 million people visit Las Vegas every year, a city in the Mojave Desert. And this is evidence that tourism and economic activity has been developed to a great extent. When completing this short plan and these annotations, do feel free to use shorthand. Remember that this plan and these annotations have to make sense to no one but you. I'm an examiner for AQA exams, and I've seen annotations and plans on exam papers that make absolutely no sense to me. Does that matter? Of course not, so long as it helped that pupil get a high mark, that's all that matters. You could take many different approaches here, it's completely up to you, but here are my top tips. I'd recommend a short introduction, three paragraphs in the body of the answer and a short conclusion. But just remember, the conclusion I would say is much more important than the introduction. In paragraph one, I might argue that tourism has been developed to a great extent and then support this with my case study. Then in paragraph two, I might argue that mineral extraction has been developed to a great extent and support it with a case study as well. In paragraph three, I'd argue that there are, however, challenges to developing this hot desert and that they've held back the development to some extent. Or, if I wanted to complicate it even further, I could state that the challenges and what they are and how they've been overcome, like how irrigation has been used to great effect in the desert to prop up farming where extreme temperatures and lack of water could have threatened it. See what I did there? I presented a counter-argument, and then I still went ahead and countered the counter-argument to support my overall argument, my overall opinion. Remember, this is a to what extent question. Evaluation throughout is key. You can't just leave it for the conclusion. By that point, the examiner will deem it too late. Don't be afraid to use words like significantly, greatly, massively. Also remember that so long as you're referring to the extent, so the extent to which opportunities for economic activity have been developed in your chosen environment, there's absolutely no reason why you can't simply argue for three paragraphs why and how they have. You don't have to have a third paragraph which counters. You could use paragraph one on tourism, paragraph two on energy development, and paragraph three on mineral extraction, and just go to town on how, to a great extent, your desert has been developed. Nevertheless, I would argue that the approach I outlined above, which is two paragraphs supporting your opinion and one against, is probably best. And let's be honest, you've revised the challenges of developing hot desert environments or cold environments, and you know how your chosen environment has not been fully developed, so you might as well show it off. What I'm trying to say is that countering or revealing how something isn't 100% true, for example, 
as amazing as the opportunities provided by your UK city like London are, you can't deny that A, there are challenges and B, not everyone enjoys them all and equally and all of the time. In essence, what I'm saying is that geography, sort of like life, is, is rarely that clear cut and black and white. But whatever you choose to do, whatever tactic you choose, just always refer to the extent. I'd argue that that's easier with a counter argument because I guess that way is a clearer way of showing the extent. But so long as you're using words like significantly, greatly, and other words that imply size or magnitude or significance, then you should be fine and you should have addressed the extent part. That brings this episode to an end. Hopefully it's been helpful in covering firstly exam technique for June 2018's paper one section on the living world and also some general hints and tips regarding your exam. I hope you find that useful. Thank you for listening and good luck.